today. Amen. And what a tremendous message we had this morning. And I'll tell you, the Lord really blessed, and it was great to be in the house of the Lord then. And we've got all week, all week to look forward to. Uh, and we start out tonight, this morning, tonight. And then tomorrow evening uh, at 5.30, we'll have a supper up at the Fellowship Hall. And who is it for? Everybody. It's for everybody. Y'all can do better than that, can't you? Who is it for? Everybody. Let's try that one more time. Who is it for? All right, that sounds a little bit better. It's for everybody, so you don't have to worry about cooking supper tomorrow night. You just come on up to the fellowship hall, and we'll have supper for you. Uh, and uh, we're just going to have a great, great week of Jubilee. It's wonderful to have the missionaries with us uh, from the GPA, and even more are coming in. And uh, we've got, uh, well, Plato and Ann weren't with us this morning. They were up with... Um, we have Trap Baptist Church with Brother Randy, uh, but they're back with us tonight. And, uh, and then we've got uh, Mark and Jody Ball get the record for coming the furthest. They come all the way from, uh, uh, from um, Montana to be with us. This, I started to say Wyoming, but it's Montana. Uh, so they come all the way from Montana to be with us, and we praise the Lord for that. We got Jason Perlack and his family, and they came uh, from West Virginia. Amen. Uh, everybody loves West Virginia, wild and wonderful West Virginia. Where is, where's, um, uh, you know, there she is, Roberta. There's Roberta. I, I was looking, but it made sense. Should be sitting on the road with the West Virginians. Almost heaven, West Virginia. There she is. Good to see her. And then we've got Fernando. Well, you know what, Fernando? Maybe you came the furthest. Uh, he came from uh, Honduras to be with us this week. Good to have him with us. I know I'm missing somebody. We've got some other missionaries here somewhere that came in. Who am I missing? Rick and Nancy. Yeah, they came in from North Carolina. All right, so uh, they didn't have quite so far to come, but they're with us, and Rick is all over the place. He's not only in North Carolina, he's in uh, uh, he's in Panama, he's in Honduras, uh, he's in uh, 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 Puerto Rico, and he's uh, in the Dominican Republic, and he's all over the place, and we praise the Lord for his great work uh, and his ministry, and then Mark Edwards and his, oh uh, no, that's right, Sherry's not going to be here, but Mark Edwards will be coming in from Brazil, and so he should be arriving uh, sometime tomorrow, uh, tonight, be arriving tonight, so y'all look for him, see if he comes in, all right, so we're looking for Mark to come in. And who else is coming in, Carrie? Is that everybody? That's it for today. Right, we do have others coming in later in the week. Uh, and so we've got a great week ahead of us. Lots of missionaries with us. And then we have, uh, toward the end of the week, we've got the Rochester singing with us on Thursday and Friday. Uh, and then we have Ronnie Bearfield and Joe Arthur will be coming in. Uh, and Ed Moore will be here, uh, and Clement Chappelle will be here. He'll be preaching Tuesday night, uh, and so we're just going to have a great week, just an awesome time uh, in, uh, in the name of the Lord. So we have one prayer request we want to remember tonight. That's um, want to remember Penny Hewitt uh, in prayer. This is from Trish Wilts, uh, Williams, so let's remember uh, Penny Hewitt on September the 10th. 
so let's remember her. But it's great to be in the house of the Lord, and I'm just going to make whatever announcements we want to make right now. So uh, where there's no youth or, uh, group or discovery club this Tuesday night because it's Jubilee every night of the week. Uh, and then uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we have special times uh, for uh, classes for the missionaries. But it's not only for the missionaries, it's whoever wants to be here. And especially the pastors and the preachers and, the, uh, and, uh, and uh, those who are visiting with us, you're more than welcome to have breakfast with us around 8.30 to a quarter to nine every morning and then at 10 o'clock. Uh, we'll start our classes, two classes every day, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, six classes in total. Uh, and uh, by the way, they're divided up between the English and the Spanish. So if you, uh, if you want to sit in on the Spanish classes, Brother Barry, you can, uh, you can sit in, and then nobody will wonder why you're sleeping. It won't make any difference. <laughs> so, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so uh, uh, all right, let's uh, stop with the peanut gallery. Here we go. <laughs> uh, it's good to see Delmer back tonight. He was up at uh, he was up at Kennett this morning for their uh, for their homecoming, uh, and we're still praying for Brother Bobby. Was he able to be there for a little while? Amen. Good. 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 Oh, really? Wow. Well, we're in much prayer for him. I know he still has a ways to go for his recovery. Now, if you saw the big banner, did you see the big banner out there? Okay, saw the big banner. So uh, a couple of nights this week, we're going to give you an opportunity. You can take a picture in front of it anytime you want. It's got uh, the Nottingham Missionary Baptist Church up there, and then it's got... uh, and then it's got the, uh, the Gospel Preacher Association with the Eagle logo. And then it's got the ship logo for the Mercy Project. And then it's got the soldier for the Army of 2000. So all that's on it. And you see that beautiful road, uh, country road right there. Well, that country road came, well, that picture came to us all the way from Nottingham Park. And so uh, uh, Amy did a great job taking that and beautiful uh, banner. So you, it's there for us to take pictures of during the week, get your family together, take pictures of that, and remember the Jubilee this week and the national camp meeting. And so be sure and get your pictures there sometime during the week. And at least a couple of nights, we'll have uh, a, a real photographer uh, to uh, take your pictures there too. Isn't it great to be in the house of the Lord? I'll tell you that my wife told me that she, uh, she wasn't able to be here. She was up there getting ready for lunch, but she had, uh, she had her iPad up there and she was watching it uh, on live streaming. And uh, Cody, she said, you preached her favorite message this morning. She said Mephibosheth is her favorite story in the Bible, and she said she was absolutely amazed at how great the message was this morning, so we appreciate that. We'll be hearing from Cody, Brother Cody, again in a little while tonight, uh, and we're just going to have a great, we're going to hear from Redeem. We're going to have a couple of choir songs. We're going to ask the ushers to come forward. We're going to take up our offering right now. Uh, only one offering tonight. Amen. You give as the Lord directs. I know he'll bless you for it. Everything given throughout this week, of course, will help. Uh, with the cost of the uh, uh, of the camp meeting, so you give as the Lord directs, and I know I have absolutely no doubt whatsoever He'll bless you for it. And I'm I'm going to ask Ronnie if he would to ask God's blessing on the offering, Brother Ronnie.
Yes, yes, dear Lord. Yes, yes. Yes, dear Lord, we pray. God bless this service this week and those that preach. And we pray for this, um, re, uh, the uh, offering tonight, God, that uh, be used for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It's 185. 185. Glory to his name. Down at the cross where my Savior died Down where for cleansing from sin I cried There to my heart was the blood applied Glory to His name Glory to His name Glory to His name There to my heart was the blood This last verse, come on up. Come to this fountain so rich and sweet. Cast thy poor soul at the Savior's feet. Plunge in today and be made complete. may be seated.
course, if you wouldn't mind. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. All fear is gone. Because I know, because I know. You know what? Life is worth living because he lives. And if you don't know Christ, life is pretty tough. Amen. And it's not worth living without him. Amen. And so I hope if you don't know the Lord, I hope you'll know him before the week is over. It's always a great joy for us to have redeemed uh, with us. And uh, so we've been looking forward to hearing them sing. Uh, so redeemed, y'all come right on around and sing for us now. Dream. He says, be still 
we know I'm everywhere And as for tomorrow, well I'm already there I was troubled, I used to wonder How it was that I'd get by But who of us, by fear and worry Can add a single hour to our Treasures unseen. 
to be singing tonight. I know the last two times that we were asked to sing, I was sick, and that seems to be my, my trademark lately, is every time we have to sing, I'm sick. But it's a blessing that I'm finally able to be here, and um, this, this song we're going to do, it's our last <coughs> one we're going to do for you. It's, it's not new to us as singers or people, I guess I should say, but as a group, it's brand new. So we've sang it once this morning. This is only our second time. I just hope it's a blessing to you. It's good to know that he sees what we don't. He sees the mountain we're going to be on before we see it. When we're stuck in that valley, he's already got it figured out. Yep. And it's just such a blessing when you, to know that when you have that weight of the world on your shoulders and you just don't know how you're going to make it, it's good to know that we have a loving Father and a Savior that's already got it figured out. And he Amen. sees what we don't.
blessing. Amen. Appreciate that so very, very much. And uh, we just don't get to hear them quite as often as we'd like. Amen. And so hopefully we can hear them a little bit more often in the future. So uh, I guess everybody knows by now that uh, uh, Brother Cody uh, comes from Mississippi. Uh, he's only about an hour from where the ship is. He's about an hour north of the ship. You, if he was an hour south of the ship, he'd be in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico, <laughs> but, so, uh, but uh, he's about an hour north of the ship, and he has been a great help helping out down there. He brought 21 young people uh, one evening, and in about two and a half hours, they did about three days' work, and uh, it was a real blessing to have them uh, come down, and then he's been down several times to do different things on the boat, plus uh, his piano player and, uh, and her husband they go by about every 10 days or so and start the van up and drive it around, make sure that the battery don't go dead and everything's running good. But that's not where I met him. I didn't meet him in Mississippi. Uh, as a matter of fact, I met him in Israel. And um, uh, he kind of, I don't know whether he uh, knew I wasn't feeling well, because you know I did have a little bit of a heart attack when I got back. I don't know if he knew, knew that or if he just liked me and Helen from the start or what, but he kind of became almost like a grandson to us while, uh, while we were there, and he kind of looked after us and watched after us uh, the time we were there, but that's not the reason I wanted him to preach for us. The reason I wanted him to preach for us is uh, one day we were at the Mount of Olives, and we all took turns preaching at different places. And uh, Ronnie Bearfield called on uh, Cody to come up and preach. And uh, here was this really young man. And uh, he just opened up the word of God and preached it like, uh, just like my granddaddy would have done. And I'm telling you, it was just, it was at that moment. And I, I remember this. Me and Helen looked at each other. And we said, we, we need that boy to come to Nottingham. And, uh, and so now he's here, and we praise the Lord for it. It took us a long time to get him because of a heart attack and COVID and everything else. Uh, but we love him, and we appreciate him, and we're so thrilled to have him with us tonight. And may the Lord use him. And you pray for Brother Cody Ladner as he comes around and brings the Word of God for us tonight. Amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Hadn't the Lord been good to us? Amen. I appreciate the opportunity and the privilege, and it is a privilege, amen, to preach the Word of God. And uh, thankful for Brother Gary and his burden. I love his zeal for lost souls. Amen. Ain't you glad you got a preacher that loves sinners? There's some that don't love them. I'm being honest with you. There's some folks don't care about folks getting saved. We live in a sad society when preachers don't have a burden for the lost folks. But you better thank God that you got a preacher that loves sinners and wants to see them saved. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm glad I got some help on that so I didn't have to stay there long. And uh, Jesus came to seek and to save sinners. That's what he came for. Praise the Lord. I was one of them that he found. Amen. 
And I do appreciate Brother Gary allowing us to be here tonight. You pray with me and pray for me. Uh, I brought seven notebooks with me to preach, and the uh, Lord won't let me preach none of them that I have. So it's just uh, this morning we had four or five pages of notes that we could follow, and we got a half a page tonight. So you pray with me and pray for me tonight. We might not be near as long tonight as we was, but I pray the Lord's a blessing you in the preaching of the Word of God. I, I was uh, mindful of Israel, meeting Brother Gary over there and, and uh, Brother Mark Thrift on the first night we sat down at supper table was talking about different uh, Baptist churches. And I told Brother Mark that we was a BMA church when I was growing up and we didn't ever do anything. And, uh, you know, we just stayed to ourselves, didn't get out much, didn't have no meetings. You know, we didn't, I didn't even know what a missionary was until I was 20 year old probably. And, uh, and Brother Mark Thrift said, well, I, I know what that stands for. That stands for Baptist messing around. And then Brother Gary piped up. He said, oh, no, it don't. We're BMA church, he said. And I come to tell you, y'all aren't messing around this evening. And I appreciate your zeal uh, for all the different ministries, the Mercy Vessel, the Gospel Preachers Association, and all those things that you do to support uh, the Word of God. And ain't that a blessing? Praise the Lord. Let's look in First Samuel tonight. 1 Samuel, we're going to look over in uh, chapter number 16 and chapter number 17 with the help of the Lord tonight, and I'll preach to you just this little thought that's on my heart, and I tried to get away with it, get away from it, and stay in my notebook there, but it's just how the Lord works sometimes, ain't it? Allow, he allows us to humble ourselves, to realize that ain't nothing in and of us, our fancy outlines ain't nothing if it ain't in line with the Lord. And uh, I can't do nothing. I can't formulate an outline. I can't formulate any scripture that would be of any significance if God's not meeting with us. And so I hope you understand that tonight. And uh, let the Lord bless us in the preaching. And, uh, and I, could, I could let the choir get back up here and sing, Jesus, what a wonderful name. And we could shout all over the building. I'd be just fine with that. I guarantee you that. That song stirred my soul. I've got three tickets driving down the road listening to that song on YouTube. So y'all pray the Lord to let those uh, finances come in for those tickets. <laughs> Amen. And, uh, well, I just appreciate being here tonight. And I, I do thank you once again. Let's look in 1 Samuel 16. Let's stand together in honor and reverence of the word of the Lord and uh, see what the Lord had had for us in 1 Samuel 16. Let's look down in verse number 14. 1 Samuel chapter number 16, verse number 14. Aren't you thankful for your Bible? Amen. I love the old Bible, the blessed old Bible. Amen. King James Bible. Help me, Sunday school teacher. Amen. Amen. 1 Samuel 16, verse number 14. But the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. And Saul's servant said unto him, Behold, now an evil spirit from God troubleth thee. Let our Lord now command thy servants which are before thee to seek out a man who is cunning, a cunning player on the harp. And it shall come to pass when the evil spirit from God is upon thee that he shall play with his hand and thou shalt be well. And Saul said unto his servants, Provide me now a man that can play well and bring him to me. Then answered one of the servants and said, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, uh, that is cunning in playing and a mighty valiant man and a man of war and prudent in matters and a comely person and the Lord is with him. Amen. 
And look over in chapter number 17, verse number 34. In chapter 17, verse 34, And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went after him, and smote him, and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard, and smote him, and slew him. And thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. Ain't you glad God's still able and mighty to save? It says over in the end of chapter number 17 and verse number 52, it says, And then the men of Israel and of Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines until thou come to the valley and to the gates of Ekron. And the wounded of the Philistines fell down by the way, even to that word that starts with S right there. Y'all help me later after this. Even to Gath and unto Ekron. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, we sure love you tonight. God, we thank you for the honor and the privilege, God, the high and the holy calling to preach the word of God. Lord, thank you for the charge that Paul gave Timothy to be instant in season and out of season, to reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. Lord, thank you for the call to preach. God, thank you for a place to preach. God, thank you for the people to preach to. God, thank you for the purpose of preaching tonight. God, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? Lord God, we thank you for the power of the gospel that is able to save, that is mighty to save whosoever will tonight. And so God, I pray you'd help us preach and unction and anointing from the power of another world. Lord, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. You could be seated tonight. I, I'm interested tonight in this passage about David. As, uh, as Saul is uh, being uh, rebuked from God, he has been changed. God has changed his way uh, from the eyes and the anointing on Saul. He's went down to Bethlehem and he's found Jesse. And he searched through Jesse's son, Samuel has. And he's looked for a man to anoint king. He looked through all Jesse's sons and his boys and he could not find one. He said, is this all that you have? He said, no, there's one out in the field keeping the sheep. He said, go and fetch him. And he came and said, this is the one that the Lord had chosen and he anointed him to be king over Israel. This is David's early years and it comes on as Saul has an evil spirit given to him by the Lord. And he says, go fetch me somebody to pray or to play that uh, harp and it'll drive away that evil spirit. And that's just what happened as David walked onto the scenes and began to play. And God, through the, through the ministry of music, aren't you thankful for that ministry tonight? The ministry of music drove away the evil spirit. It's good sometimes uh, if you are oppressed by the devil, if you are oppressed in the spirit, if you have an attack coming after you, if the devil is on your case or you are down uh, in the moody blues, uh, if you're down and you look like you was raised on dill pickle juice and persimmons, help me now, you just plug in somebody full of God that's singing. I'm glad there's still folks out there that love Lord, the Lord. They're doing 
doing it for more than show. Amen. It's a lifestyle. It's a testimony of what God's done. And they're living what they're singing. You plug them in and God through that ministry of music will help you in the Lord. Amen. And so I'm thankful for that. And that's what's happening here at David. But as they go to find that one in which they would bring in the play, they have uh, what those servants says. Uh, they answered one of the servants and said, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, uh, the Bethlehemite, that, that is cunning and playing, and a mighty valiant man. But I'm interested in this little phrase, uh, and a man of war. And a man of war. I want to ask you tonight, are you ready to go to battle when God calls you? Huh? We, we got some standing ground. We're losing ground in our churches today, but we ought to be somebody that stands firm, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For you know not that your labor's not in vain in the Lord. All right? Thank God that we can stand tonight. We need some men to be men. We need some women to be women in our generation. We need somebody to be full of faith in the Holy Ghost and preach and sing and worship in the Lord. But David is here named a man of war. Now, mind you, this is prior to Goliath. This is prior to David taking those smooth stones, uh, marching out that valley of Elah where preacher preached uh, uh, there in Israel. And uh, uh, mind you, this is prior to those five smooth stones. I got 12 out of the brook because I need a little bit more help than David did. Amen. <laughs> and uh, this is five smooth, this is prior to that. This is prior to him walking into that great battle scene, slinging that stone, smiting uh, uh, that Philistine right between the eyes walking up, taking his own sword, cutting his head off. Amen. That's what happened. Read your Bible. He hung his head up high. You know them old war movies. I know we're against television, but this is right. Right where it's at. <laughs> Y'all help me now. I'm not really, I mean, I'm against some television, not all of it. I mean, you can't even watch your sports if you want to. I mean, but that is turning into an idol today too. We're not going to preach there, but he took and he raised that head up and he showed them what he had just done to Goliath. But, but this is prior to all that. This is prior to what it brings me to remembrance. The only two battles that I can call to remembrance of prior to uh, that giant of Gath, that Goliath of Gath, goes by the terms of that lion and that bear. Do you remember what he said? I, I read it to you just a little while ago. He said, I went out, I was keeping my father's sheep in the field, and there came upon me a lion, and there came upon me a bear. He said, I killed both of them. This is the only battles that I can find that David had partaken in before Goliath. And if I could even go further with you tonight, I'd tell you that he was on the backside of a wilderness by himself. And if I could preach to you tonight on anything that might help us in the Lord, I'd preach to you on those battles that you're fighting that you think nobody else is watching. Because inside of our passage tonight, somebody knew that David was a man of war. 
Somebody knew what was going on in David's life. Somebody knew he was a valiant man. Somebody knew he could play the heart. Where else was he playing at? He was playing out there in the flock, uh, watching his father's sheep, playing to the sheep, music in the sheep's uh, fold, and he was watching, and there came that lion, there came that bear, and he reached up and he grabbed him by that beard and he cut that lion's head off. Uh, amen. I like some good battle scenes. Amen, blood and guts. Amen. But this battle that David fought, he thought maybe that nobody had even knew he was going through this. Maybe these battles tonight are private, personal battles that you have in your heart and in your life tonight that nobody else is mindful of but you and God. You need to understand that there is always somebody watching you. There's always a child in the background somewhere who's, I got four little ones that go with me everywhere I go. They're up on my legs. They're on my shoulders. If you've been watching it, they all fight to get in Papa's lap and I'm fine with that. We got a queen size bed at the house and I got all my youngins sleeping in the bed with me. I know they preach against that all the time, but they raise their kids. Amen? It ain't them that they're in the bed with. This Papa's bed. If they come in the middle of the night and yerk on my, they yank on my covers and say, Papa, can I sleep with you? If you say no to a child, you need to repent tonight. If your heart's so hard and cold that when a little youngin' comes up and big old eyes and says, Papa, can I just crawl in bed with you? Can I snuggle with you? I'm kicking everything out the way. And they're watching me, Brother Gary. They're paying attention to Papa. I, I don't know if you noticed my little girl over there. She had her hands up while the choir was singing tonight. I got a grandmother that goes to church with us and from the time the keyboard hits on the piano, she's got both hands in the air. From the whole service, she's got both hands up. She's right at 90 years old. And from, during COVID, we had outside drive-in for about a month and a half and she lives right across the cemetery about 200 yards across the way and I'd stand out in that sun and I'd preach to our folks in their cars for about a month and a half and she couldn't come up and join the congregation. My aunt wouldn't let her come but she'd get her lawn chair and she'd walk all the way out there to the fence row and she'd sit down and from the first time we'd start playing that piano outside of church in South Mississippi it's 90 something degrees around that time of the year she's got both hands up in the air she's standing with her hands toward heaven her prayer is God don't let me die I want to see you come in the sky amen that's what kind of heritage I got, and that's what I want my children to have. Somebody is watching you in your private battles. Somebody is paying attention to everything you're doing. Every time you open your Bible, every time you weep in an altar, every time you pass up an opportunity to come to an altar and pray in church, there's somebody watching you. We ought to be more mindful to the things of God than we are today. Our society is cold and complacent to the things of God and we ought to be broken hearted because every day there's somebody dying and hell's enlarging itself today. There's more people dying today and going to hell than I think has ever died in the history of man and went to hell. This battle that David's fighting, I want to talk to you tonight, preach to you a little bit on these personal private battles, these lines, these bears, these battles that nobody else seems to be watching. 
It seems to be in today's society, if we're going to fight a battle, we got to have a sold-out crowd. Anybody watch wrestling? Thank God I felt the Lord. I felt the touch. I mean, a good one. Praise God. And uh, so I remember watching that WWE back in the Attitude Era. And uh, you had Stone Cold, and you had The Undertaker, and you had Goldberg, and you had Mick Foley, and, and uh, I mean, you had so I didn't watch much of it, but I knew a few of them. I mean, you had, uh, you had uh, Triple H, and you had Shawn Michaels. I didn't watch a whole lot of it, but, you know, there was some of them there, and, and uh, you know, you've seen these. You'd have the announcer, Jim Ross, and Jerry the King Lawler. I didn't watch much of it, Brother Gary, but I knew a little bit. <laughs> And uh, they'd come out and they'd say from the sold-out crowd tonight, we have a congregation, 60,000 people in here watching the sold-out crowd. And it seems to be in society today uh, that everybody wants to fight in a sold-out crowd, but nobody is interested in the private battles. But I want to tell you tonight, it don't matter what you do in public if you can't do it in private. It don't matter how holy you look inside the public eye if you're not living holy inside the private eye. I don't care how separated and sanctified you might be in the, in the public view. If you're not separated and sanctified in your private life today, you're living a contrary life. You're a hypocrite. You're a Pharisee. And you ought to know the touch of God and the hand of God is going to be moved off of your life if you can't live privately the way you want to live publicly. I tell our folks all the time, Brother Gary's going to sing. They want to sing specials. I say, if you can't sing in the choir, you can't sing by yourself. Is that all right? Is that all right? Somebody get mad about that tonight? Listen to me. If you all want to be in the Shabbat light tonight and you don't want to put up nothing and you don't want to put out with anybody else, you don't want to be a part of a congregation and a church body, and I'm fine with you singing specials. Don't take me wrong tonight. Don't put words in my mouth. But you need to understand something. If you can't be a part of something, you don't need to be out of that place either. You need to participate in your local church. It is uh, that these private battles matter in the lifestyle that we're living in today. We need to see uh, these secret battles are significant battles. They are strengthening battles that would allow us to be used uh, in the public eye in a powerful way. Now, you, know, you and I know both tonight that, that folks can perform, Right? There is performers, and then there's folks that practice what they're singing and preach what they're singing, and they're, they're preaching what they're preaching and living what they're preaching. They're living by the gospel, and they're dying by the gospel as well. But there is performers as well. We have to be careful about these things because their private battles is unseen, and their private battles are lost. Listen to me, young people. Our young people's facing a day in which I don't know if I, I can relate as deeply as what I wish I could with that cell phone in their pocket and that evil so very, uh, so very, uh, right, right there. I mean, it's accessible so easily, Brother Gary. I just had a young boy about 19 years old just try to end his life this week because social media. 
We've got young girls and young boys whose testimonies are being ruined by private battles that they have not won. And I believe it's because we have magnified everything on the outside and everything from the platform. But we've forgotten to tell them that there's a life of holiness and there's a life of godliness that needs to be lived inside of your home and when nobody else is watching, God's watching and God's keeping record and God knows. We got Snapchat, we got Facebook, we got Instagram, we got all this, this pollution inside of the, our children don't even know how to conversate anymore. Everybody all right with that? You okay? I don't know if it's the same up here as it is back home, but we're losing a generation of kids. We're losing the power of God on our young people because their private life is being polluted. They're losing the battle in the midnight hours when nobody else is watching. They're losing the battle in the wee hours of the morning when mama and daddy's asleep. And I'll say this while we're in passing, they're losing the battle while mama and daddy's losing the battle on their phones too. Lord, help me to throw this thing, slap out the window and hit four road signs going down the road if, if it takes the time of my children. Throw that thing down, stomp on it three times. Taking away from the time of our children, we're more worried about what we can find on that phone than what we can find in our children to have fun with them. We're losing private, personal battles. I want to talk to you tonight about these private battles. They're, they're, they're something worth fighting. They're worth fighting even more uh, than anything else. These secret battles, they're significant. They're strengthening battles. Why does it matter? Why does it matter that David ha has fought these battles? Why does it matter that anybody's even paying attention to David? Why does it matter? It matters to the flock, amen? It matters that he's the shepherd of the sheep. It matters that there is a lion coming to kill the sheep. There's a bear coming. And, and they're not coming to play patty cake. I mean, they're coming to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he's after tonight. He's after the sheep. It matters tonight. These secret battles matter to the flock. What's it going to say tonight uh, to the rest of the flock of God if we're not willing to fight for the little sheep on the backside of the wilderness that nobody even knows about? Well, it's just one little sheep. I can lose him. What's it going to say to the rest of them? You're supposed to have a rod. You're supposed to have a staff. You're supposed to be that guardian of the flock of God. You're supposed to be a shepherd of the sheep. You're supposed to lay down your life for the sheep. That's that John 10. I'm the good shepherd. I give my life for the sheep. Uh, uh, the sheep know me. They, I call my own by name. He's the great chief shepherd. David said it's worth fighting because it matters to the flock. All these sheep matter. You know, all these folks in here, listen to me, you might have a family that sits on your pew, but you need to fight your battle because of not just your family, but the rest of the church congregation, that body of Christ. When one suffers, we all suffer. When one rejoices, we all rejoice. If one falls, we all fall with him. There's no greater pain to go through in a church than to find that private sin has now become public inside the church and now the agony and the pain and the heartache of the church is to go through it all tonight together because somebody wouldn't fight. A, listen, are you fighting private battles tonight? 
What's inside your heart? What's on your phone? Who you been talking to? How you been talking to them? These private battles matter, brother. They matter tonight. It's significant. It's strengthening. He says it mattered to the flock. There was a lion who came after them. There was a sheep uh, out there in the mouth of a lion and in the mouth of a bear. But thank God that David thought it necessary to fight that secret unseen battle. But I'm telling you tonight it wasn't unseen. Somebody knew he was a man of war. There was somebody in the shadows. That Brother Joe preaches it best, standing somewhere in the shadows. You'll find Jesus. And there, there's somebody watching you tonight, keeping up with everything you're doing. It matters to the flock. I think it's over there in Amos. He talks about that, that sheep who had been destroyed and now was in the mouth of a lion. It was like a leg and a piece of an ear or something that was all left of that sheep. And he said, I went and got it. I rescued it out of the mouth. Now you tell me tonight, thank God, that some of us wasn't nothing but chewed up hairballs in the mouth of the devil, in the mouth of the lion, but Jesus saw fit to rescue you and I. And if it's worth rescuing one who's chewed up by the devil, you're worth fighting the battles that nobody sees tonight. It's worth fighting them tonight. It matters to the flock. It matters to the Father. Jesse had set David over this company of sheep, this flock of sheep. David had entrusted Jesse. Jesse had entrusted David with this flock. And it mattered to the Father. You understand it matters to God tonight how you live in your life? It matters to Him. Pursuing holiness and godliness is still worth doing in today's society. I know that sounds like dirty words in a lot of churches, but let it not be so here. Thank God for folks with convictions. Thank God for old, old preaching daddies and old preaching grandpas. I didn't have none of that, Brother Gary. I, I didn't have a daddy that pastored. I didn't have a granddaddy that pastored. You got a testimony of the legacy of men of God in your life, and, and that's what I want to start in my life with my children. I want my children being senior servants in the house of God and them looking back and saying, thank God for a daddy who would say no, who wouldn't let me go that way, who said that's too far, that's on the other side of the line. Thank God that I want them to praise the Lord for somebody who had some convictions, all right? Don't be scared of that word. Let's fight those private battles. For your husband's sake, Ladies, fight the private battles when that other man comes around. For your wife's sake, men, fight that other those private battles when those ladies come around. And they try to slip in subtly. For your children's sake, you better fight some private battles. Amen. Brother Josh Adams, one of my best friends. I don't know if y'all know him. Little singing family from South Louisiana, Livingston, Louisiana. He talks about his his daddy and his uncle, Mike Adams, Rock of Agents Prison Ministry. Mike Adams and, and Jimmy Adams is his daddy. He's a deacon down at Fundamental Baptist Church in Livingston. And he said just a generation before them, just as grandpa was sought drunk, lived in a life of open fornication and adultery. He said it was a generational curse coming down. And his daddy and his uncle got together, got saved by the good grace of God, got in their room at one night, and they said, you know what, we're not going this way. We're not living this way. 
We're not letting our children raise this way. They set a standard in their home and they raised their children in church. Brother Josh, he's in evangelism, traveling around, preaching and singing. His family's got a touch of God on them. He's one of my best friends. Uh, Brother Jimmy's a deacon in the church. Mike Adams with Rock of Ages Prison Ministries today, preaching the gospel all over the world, uh, helping those folks in the prisons that... Josh's sister is a preacher's wife. Uh, uh, Josh's other sister is a, another youth pastor's wife. I mean, they're in the ministry tonight. They're not living in misery of sin. They're not living in the brokenness of a rebellious daddy and a rebellious mama. They're living in the house of God rejoicing because somebody said, I'm going to fight the private battles. We ought to fight them tonight. It matters to the father. It matters to the flock. And it matters for the future tonight. Do you understand this tonight? It matters for our future. Had David not ever fought these two battles, he had never been known as a man of war. He had never had that testimony. Where would his valor have been? Where would his warlike attitude been? Had it not been in the field with the flock defending the sheep. I wish you could know my heart tonight. I wish you could understand what it is tonight to be broken for a field of folks whose mamas and daddies never would say no. I wish I could tell you what it was like to be around folks whose parents wouldn't ever fight that private battle. Their children's gone astray. They're out of church tonight. They're living in all kind of hell and filthiness today. All because somebody wouldn't fight a private battle. Because we're more interested on performing on Sundays Sunday nights, Wednesday nights, every night we wanted to look the part, but we never wanted to be it. We want to wear the uniform. I never could understand it why folks would want to be on the team in basketball or football and never want to play. But there's folks that just want to wear the uniform, never get in. And then there's folks that want to wear their uniform and get in, but they never want to practice. And I believe that's rubbed off in our churches tonight. Now listen to me, I don't know a lick of nothing about y'all's church, but this is what the Lord moved my heart to preach tonight. And I just want to be faithful to Him. And if it helps one family tonight, it matters fighting those unseen battles, those unknown battles. It matters to the flock, it matters to the Father, it matters for the future. David had never would have known what it was like to take that power that God had placed upon him and stand before that lion and that bear if he had just let him have the sheep. David, I'd go on and dare to say this tonight, David would have never known what it was like to have a public victory if he'd never had a private one. We know David for two things tonight. We know him for living and slaying Goliath, and we know him to fall into Bathsheba. If anybody was asked what two things you know about David, you'd say he slew Goliath and he fell to Bathsheba. You know those were two battles that he faced in life? You understand that? Two battles he faced. It's the depths of sin and the magnitude that Christ had brought him to in his life. And it's all because of battles. It's all because of battles. Builds, it builds character. It builds, uh, it builds uh, confidence. All these things. It built the future for David. He knew what it was like in private for God to give him victory. And he knew what it was like to stand in public and find God faithful, the same God that was in the wilderness, the same God that was with the sheep, 
The same God that was back there when nobody else he thought was watching, he found him to be faithful when everybody was watching. He found him to be faithful when everybody had their eyes on him when the battlefield was hot and the valley of Elah was wide. The children of Israel was on one side and the Philistines on the other side. He knew what it was like to stand in the power of God when Saul would tuck tail and run and he'd offer him his carnality and say, in the flesh you take my armor. In the flesh you take my shield. In the flesh you take my sword. David said, I hadn't proved any of these things but my God has been proven my God has been sure my God has been steadfast and what he was in private he'll be in public and the same God the same God that delivered me out of the hand of the lion and out of the hand of the bear that same God tonight will deliver me out of the hand of this uncircumcised Philistine that's what David knew you'll never know that if you don't face these battles in private You'll never know what it's like to stand in the confidence of the Lord God of heaven and the power and the unction of God if you do not die to yourself, if you do not crucify this flesh, if you don't live in private what you practice in public. You'll never understand what it's like to stand before mighty men, men shaking all around you. Fear reeking from the camp of Israel. Walk out on that battlefield and say, all right, Saul, or all right, Goliath, say when. You want to dance, big boy? Let's make it happen. I'm finna cut your head off and the fowls of the air is finna eat your flesh before the day's over. You'll never understand what it's like to stand in the power of God if you don't live like that in private. Listen to me. It's such a necessity, the private Christian life. It's such a necessity. Matters for the future. When he does stand before Goliath, when he does go down and check on his brethren, and he does say, is there not a cause? He's looking at them. That terminology, if you'll look at it and find out what it really means, what it's, what it's representing, what it's saying there. And he says, is it not a cause? What he's saying is, it not, does your family not matter? We're fixing to give over to the Philistines and they're going to walk in here. They're going to take everything we got. They're going to abuse your wives and your children. They're going to take them for spoil. Does your family not matter? What David's saying to them. Your private life, does your, does your family not matter? Does, is there not a cause to live privately the way you express publicly? It matters for the future. And when he stood up there, he stood up there in the power of God. Well, what, what's lovely about God is he takes the ignorant and base things of this world. They found that Simon Peter was ignorant and unlearned, but he had been with God. God took a little shepherd boy in the backside of the wilderness. Nobody even thought would ever be king. And he stood between, uh, he, he stood between Israel and uh, that Goliath, 10 foot tall and bulletproof. And he wasn't bulletproof, amen. It wasn't long he fell from 10 feet tall either. It matters to the flock. It matters to the father. It matters for the future tonight. It matters tonight how we live. It builds our faith in these things, how God is able we like to quote those verses now unto him that's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we may ask or think. But sometimes we fall to the flesh. Most oftentimes we fall to the flesh in private. But we claim that verse. Because you're not willing to live in private the way you want to live in public. He says we're more than conquerors through Christ. 
but yet you're not really willing to fight in private. David's faith was built because he found God to be true in private. And what God did in private, he'll do in public. Built his faith, it built his future. It built all these things for him. Listen to me. What was great about it, in chapter number 17, David's out there, he's on the enemy's battlefield. He's been proved all these things. He's seen all these things. He stands before the Philistines. I love reading this. If this was, this was the climax of the battlefield, this is, this is where it all rubber meets the road. This is where it gets on like Donkey Kong. This is where David does everything he promised to Goliath that he was going to do. He told David, he said, You come to me with a, a sword and a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, and that all the earth may know that there's a God in Israel. He's standing in the power of God. Aren't you, aren't you thankful for the hand of God tonight? He says, and all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. In the backside of that wilderness, when he fought the lion and the bear, he couldn't depend on his neighbor. He couldn't depend on his daddy. He couldn't depend on his uncle. Them sheep sure wasn't going to help him. All he had was God, and that's what allowed him to stand before Goliath. It's standing before those bears and those lions and saying that he could stand before Goliath now. And this is what happens. It builds it builds not only our faith, it builds our future, and it strengthens those ones who are watching. It strengthens the following. All those, the camp of Israel, they are scared to death right here. Scared to death. They think, dear time, David's fisting to die. We're fisting to be pursued. This Philistine army's fisting to take everything we got. David stands in the power of God, smites Goliath. He falls down. He cuts his head off. He gives that big army roar. Amen. And it says this, verse 52. This is, why your private, this is why your private life matters. And this is why when it comes to the public life, the private life means so much. All those men were looking for somebody to lead them. Saul, the sorry joker, the carnal sucker, he was heading he was the kingdom when he should have been leading the camp. David comes out there and he kills Goliath and it says this in verse 52, and the men of Israel those are, and of Judah, those are the ones that were just scared to death, right? It says, shouted and pursued the Philistines until thou come to the valley and to the gates of Ekron. It says that they followed them old Philistines and they killed them suckers by the right hand and by the left hand. All because one man had fought in private a battle that nobody else seemingly knew about, but somebody was watching, gave his name to the, to the king of Israel. He came out and now he's on the battlefield and he's standing before Goliath in public and now his faith. And now because he was willing to fight in private, God allowed him to have a great victory in public and all them little scaredy cats who wouldn't fight on the battlefields now fighting because David would. And you never know tonight what kind of private battles you're going to face 
and you're going to fight that's going to lead you to a higher battlefield that's going to magnify God and glorify God. He said, I come to you not with a sword and a spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord God of Israel, the Lord of hosts, whom thou defiest. He said, I'm coming to get you and God's coming with me. Amen. And he killed them and all Israel follows. You understand what you're doing tonight. You're setting a standard. You're setting an example to live by and to die by. And we must fight our private battles that everybody around us may know that there's a God in heaven who's able to deliver the man from drugs, who's able to deliver the man from the alcohol, who's able to deliver you from fornication, who's able to deliver you from idolatry, who's able to deliver you from murmuring and backbiting and disputings and all those evil things that come with the flesh. What I'm telling you tonight is those private battles do matter and they are worth fighting. They are worth fighting. And I'll tell you how much they're worth fighting. 2 Samuel chapter 11 comes and David says, the Bible says, and it came the time where the kings go to battle. Right? You're familiar with it. And David stayed home. You know the rest of the story. He looks out on his balcony. He finds Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah the Hittite. She's there and he's lusting after her. He goes down, brings her. He uh, commits adultery with her. He tries to cut. All this was private battles. Do you realize that? That was private battles. When he should have been getting public victory, he couldn't even get a private victory. And it cost him the life of a son. The sword will never depart from his house. You know the Bible, don't you? All these things because of a private battle that he did not, he did not seem to find necessary to fight. Lord, help us tonight. Lord, help us tonight. Lord, help me tonight to fight these private battles. I know, listen to me, you're coming into a jubilee time you're coming into a time of camp meeting tonight. I know what it's like. We have one at our church every year, and I, I love it. This is one of my favorite times of the year, Brother Gary. First camp meeting we had, we had 13 people get saved. We went for two weeks, two weeks straight camp meeting. Three weeks straight camp meeting. God saved folks, called folks to preach. I know what you're looking forward to this week. You want a great public victory. And I want it for you. But you need to search your heart tonight. I need to search mine. If we're going to partake of this place this week, we need to find ourselves in the face of God saying, God, help me to fight my private battles. God, help me to get away from those things that my eyes are so prone to wonder. God, help me to deafen my ear to those things that it's inclined to listen to. God, pull my arm back from those things that it's so apt to reach for. What would be good tonight if we all found ourselves in an altar saying, God, help me. Lord, help me. God, help me in these private battles for my children's sake, for the Father's sake, for the future's sake. We need to fight the fight tonight. Young people, all y'all need to listen. You need to understand. There's private battles that you're facing that not everybody knows about. And God cares for you and He loves you. Don't ever let anybody tell you different. 
God care, there's a purpose and a plan for you breathing up oxygen in this world. But there's some private battles that you're going to have to face. There's some private victories that you're going to have to have. There's battles that you're worth, that's worth fighting for. For your surrounding, your peers, the ones that's watching you. What's in your heart tonight? What's a private battle you're facing that nobody knows about? Nobody knows about. You're in the field and it's just you and God and the enemy is approaching. The roar of the lion is not so distant. It's not just tracks of a bear you're seeing anymore. It's defeated. But you've looking him right in the eyes. And that's how these battles come. What is it tonight that's inside your heart that is so disturbing that you need victory over tonight? Because you're never going to have a public victory. Not that it amounts to anything. At first tonight you don't crucify our flesh. We don't crucify our flesh and find faith in the Lord Jesus who's mighty to save and able to deliver. Now I want to tell you, he can give you victory. My daddy got saved about a year and a half before he died. Didn't go to church much. I surrendered to preach and daddy didn't talk to me for about two weeks. We had big plans. I was going to school, I need technician. I had a job offer. I mean, everything was going well. I was going offshore, we're rowing offshore. I was going to make it about $33 an hour, time and a half overtime, working 60 hours a week. Young man, that's good money. Benefits, everything, everything that you. And I thought myself, me and Daddy made plans to go all over the world, kill every kind of critter that wiggled. Amen. I'm talking about kill them. I'm not talking about pet them fuzzy. We want to pet them fuzzy. We're gonna put them on the wall and pet them. We're we're animal lovers. We love them between buns. We love them on the grill. We love them on a kebab. We love them fried. We like them. I mean, any kind of way you can. We love animals. I like I like them in my house. I mean, I got animals in my house. I got an 11 point on the wall. I got a 10 point on the wall. I got a tush hog on the wall. I mean, I got alligator skins. I mean, I'm ready. We had all these plans. I surrendered to preach. I went to rowing, take my physical, come out. I was colorblind. Went through color coding wires, transistors, all those things in college, passed it all with these. And uh, and I went over there and I failed that Yoshimir colorblind test. And I was like one in 60,000 people ever failed it. Whole way over, I'm listening to Joe Arthur preach for such a time as this on Esther. God stirring my heart, convicting me. I'm talking about private battles. Just me and God. On the way over there, God, through the person the Holy Ghost, convicted my heart. I just surrendered to preach. I knew I was running from the call of God. I got over there in that motel, got up the next morning, took that physical, found out I was colorblind. I packed my bags. I left town. I'm talking about go home. They called me. They said, Mr. Cody, Mr. Ladner, where you, you need to come back. We're going to get you in. We're going to go through a look. I said, no, sir. No, sir. I said, y'all give that job to somebody else. God called me to preach. I'm, I ain't doing it. God made it clear as I could, it could be. I left and went back home. Daddy said, how'd it go? I said, Daddy, I ain't taking that job. He said, why? I said, because I wanted to preach. Daddy, I'm going to go preach. Moved to North Mississippi. 
would come back and forth five hours. Private battles. I was living by myself inside the church making $75 a week. Thank God preachers make big money. Y'all better tell that to somebody else. Private battles me and my daddy had. A field that nobody knew about, but God did. Daddy called me one day. I was on my way back from South Mississippi. I'd left early that morning. I was about Columbus, West Point exit, Highway 45. He said, son, I need you to come home. I said, daddy, you know I can't come home. You know I can't come home. I surrendered to preach. I'm going to preach. He said, you don't understand. I said, no, daddy, you don't understand. He said, listen to me, son. As, our, as, I, as his voice was crackling on the side of the phone, he said, last night God woke me up. He said, I could feel the flames of hell lapping around me. He said, I laid down inside the living room underneath the fan as if I could cool it off. He said, I couldn't do nothing for myself. He said, I cried out to God and he saved me last night. I'm talking about private battles that God gives us public victories in. I'm pulling, I'm driving down Highway 45. I'm stirred up like a hornet's nest. I'm swerving left and right. I done pulled over on Highway 45. I'm shouting, thanking God for saving my daddy. That's something I'd crawled up in private battle. That's private battles that I'd crawled up underneath the uh, inside uh, at my house. I'd crawled underneath my bed. I'd crawled underneath oak trees and I'd pray God saved that. And he did. Public victories, private battles. Got to baptize daddy in the creek down there by the house where we used to catch red bellies. Float the creek. Little aluminum John boats from bridge to bridge. Catfish, creek bass, red bellies. I got to take him down there. First time I ever heard my daddy pray. Walked out in them waters. <laughs> Walked out in them waters. I said, Daddy, before I baptize you, I want to hear you pray. He said, Lord, thank you for saving me. Thank you for calling my boy to preach. <laughs> Crawled out in that old dark hole in the Creek River Bank in South Mississippi. Dumped him down in the water. God raised him up. We had a new daddy in the house. Never heard him pray between that day. Never seen him read his Bible. He'd get in the living room. He'd say, all right, Lou. That's what he called my mama. All right, Lou, get the Bible out. Let's read a psalm together. And every night before he'd go to bed, him and mama would read that psalm and they'd pray. You're talking about public victories. Listen to me. There's a reason tonight to fight the private battles. Now, what battle, what battle you need victory in tonight? What battle are you facing tonight? What, what battle are you dealing with tonight? I want you to know it's worth fighting. It's worth fighting. Look at your husband. Look at your wife. It's worth fighting private battles for them. Look down the aisle at the children that you have. God's blessed you with the arrows that's in your quiver and say, thank God for my children. It's worth fighting for. Look across the building tonight at your friends, uh, fellow saints, and look at them and say, it's worth fighting for tonight. Now, what's your battle? Let's stand tonight. Brother Gary, you come. What's in your heart? What's in your heart tonight? What's the private battle? I, listen to me. I hope nobody's dealing with nothing. And I hope God just told me to preach this for my own benefit. But I'd be willing to bet that there's a husband in here who's fighting private battles that nobody knows about. I'd be willing to bet there's a wife in here 
that's fighting private battles that nobody, I'd be willing to bet they some of our teenagers in here tonight that's fighting private battles that nobody knows about except for God. And it's, it's worth fighting. Listen to me. You can crawl down and you can call on to God and he'll, he'll give you help and he'll give you hope. He's a very present help in a time of need. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly. He's able to deliver you. He's the mighty God, the Prince of Peace. He's the rock and the horn of our salvation. He is everything that's anything in life today. And you can find hope in his name. You can find hope in his presence tonight. Won't you come? Won't you come, preacher? Every head bowed and every eye closed. We're going to have a quick prayer here. While your heads are bowed and eyes closed, I want you to ask the Lord. Lord, can you help me with my battle? Can you help me through this so that I can stand firmly when it comes time to stand in public for the Lord Jesus Christ? Dear Lord, I pray you'd touch our congregation tonight. Lord, I'm not sure when I've heard a more timely message. Lord, I, I needed this message. I believe we're looking at a crowd that needs the, the hand of the Lord upon us. Lord, help us. Give us the strength. Give us the direction. Give us the wherewithal to fight the private battles. If we don't slay the lion and the bear in private, we'll never slay Goliath in public. Oh, dear God, move upon us tonight, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. If the Lord's dealing with you right now, would you? How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure. That he would give his only son to make a wretch's treasure. How great the pain of searing loss. The Father turns his face away as wounds which mar the chosen one bring sons to glory. Behold the man upon the cross, my sin upon his shoulders. Ashamed I hear my mocking voice call It was my sin that held him there Until it was accomplished His dying breath has brought me life I know that it No power.
but I will boast in Jesus Christ, His death and resurrection. Why should I gain from His reward? I cannot give an answer. So 